the faithfulness of God. Now in this world, unfaithfulness is all around us. It's all around us. It used to be that a man's word was his bond, but now we live in an age where that's not always true. But it used to be that way. It used to be that way. People now disregard commitments, which they made, whether it be in marriage or in social life, as if it were, if it were nothing, nothing at all. And it just proves that they're unfaithful. They're unfaithful. And even we who are believers are sometimes unfaithful to our Savior, aren't we? Sometimes we are. We, we, we're sinners. We're sinners. No one is immune to this sin. No one is immune to the sin of unfaithfulness in, in some part of our lives. And we need to lift our eyes, though, from this sin-cursed world, which it is, to our blessed Savior who is above and who is faithful. Our God is a faithful God. He's faithful to that which he's promised. And so today we're going to fix our eyes upon our God. We're going to fix our eyes during this time of study, I hope, (coughs) away from this world and away from the things of this world and keep our eyes fixed upon the faithful one, the faithful one, the just one, the Lord Jesus Christ, our great God, who is faithful, beloved, at all times, at all times. At all times. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord, He is God. The faithful God. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. The faithful God. Which keepeth, command, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments <coughs> to a thousand generations. Now note the word faithful here in our text. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God. Now the word faithful in the verse here in the Hebrew means to be firm. To be firm. To build up. To build up. To support. To nurture. And I like this. To establish. To establish. The primary meaning of of this word is that of providing stability. Stability. Providing, we live in an unstable world, don't we? And we ourselves can be unstable at times. But our God is ever faithful. He provides stability. Confidence It also <coughs> is the underlying meaning of this word. And also, like a baby would find in the arms of a parent. So and how a baby finds stability and comfort and support in the arms of a parent. That's what this word means. That's what the word faithful means in our text. He's a faithful. The, notice too, it's singular. The faithful God. He's the one true God. There is no other gods. He is the faithful God. (coughs) Again, it's used to signify support of a pillar, nature, nourishment, or a house firmly founded. One commentator brought forth a, a secure nail that finds a solid place to grip. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah 22:23. A secure nail that finds a place to grip. I remember when we were doing, just working in the construction field, sometimes we would go to a house before they had drywalled it, and you'd see nails in sure places. You'd see nails that were in sure places. These men had nailed these boards together to hold up that 
frame of that house and those nails were in sure places. And for me, it was a constant reminder of this scripture. Look at this. Speaking of Christ, Isaiah twenty two twenty three, And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. This is speaking of Christ, Isaiah twenty two twenty three, And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. He shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. So faithful there has the same meaning as a nail in a sure place. It's firm. It's supporting. It's sure. It's sure. Metaphorically, the word faithful there in our text conveys the, the notion of faithfulness and trustworthiness, such that one could fully depend upon. And we see that in our text in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant in mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. <coughs> so our God is faithful and he's trustworthy, beloved. He's trustworthy. Our God is faithful to his people. And faithfulness is essential to his being. It's essential to who he is. Without it, he would not be God. If God for God to be unfaithful would be an act contrary to his nature. Totally contrary to his nature. Turn, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. This is impossible for God to be like that. Because look at this in 2 Timothy 2.13. Look at this. I love this verse. 2 Timothy 2.13. If we believe not, if we believe not, look at this. Yet he abideth what? Faithful. (laughs) Even in our times of doubt, in our times of unbelief, God remains faithful, beloved. He cannot, look at that, he cannot deny himself. So, (coughs) for God to be unfaithful would be an act contrary to his nature. Contrary to who he is. I love that though. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. See, his love and his faithfulness towards us, towards his covenant people, towards the blood-bought people of God, will never, ever change. He's ever faithful to us. He's ever faithful, despite even our unbelief sometimes. And the faithfulness of God is a glorious, one of the glorious perfections of his being. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 89, verse 8. We'll look at a couple little verses here. Psalm 89, verse 8. The faithfulness of God is one of the glorious perfections of his being. The scriptures declare that our God is ever faithful. Ever faithful. Psalm 89, verse 8. O Lord God of hosts, who is strong, who is a strong Lord like unto thee? Or to thy faithfulness round about thee. Beloved, there is no one as faithful as the Lord. No one as faithful as our God. No one to be trusted as he. Whether it be angels or man, our great God. And, and our great God has proven his faithfulness. He's proven his faithfulness. Time and time again. The blood-washed, born-again saint of God can say, my God is so faithful, even when I'm not. He's ever faithful. He's never, has he ever failed us? Never, has he? Never. And he never will. He's ever faithful. He's ever faithful. The believer in Christ sees the faithfulness of God all around us. We have the sun shine on us every day. Every day the sun shines on the just and on the unjust, doesn't it? 
Every day when rain falls, it falls on the just and on the, on the unjust. We have food on our table. We sit down and we enjoy a meal. Beloved, that comes from the faithfulness of God. He provides for his people. Never, never take a meal uh, uh, for granted because it comes from the hand of our, of our great God, of our great God. <laughs> we have clothes on our back. We have different clothes we can wear. All comes from our great God. And then think of this. Think of the faithfulness of God keeping us from wandering off. He keeps us, beloved. He holds us ever close. And look to his purposes from eternity. Look to his covenant and promises. Our great God is ever faithful, just as the scriptures declare. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11, just as the scriptures declare. And the believer sees God's faithfulness in constant displays of his providence. We see his faithfulness in constant displays of his providence in our lives and in the world. Look at this. Isaiah 11, verse 5. In righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reign. This speaks of our precious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, beloved. This speaks of our Savior. And we see that he is adorned with righteousness, which we know he is. He's the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. As one commentator brings forth, by his active and passive obedience, he wrought out an everlasting righteousness for his people. And that's what he did for us. He wrought out a righteousness for us to be accepted by God. And our Savior and our King reigns in righteousness. Righteousness is the scepter of his kingdom. All his administrations of government are righteous. Just and true are all his ways. But note here in this verse, not only is our Lord righteous, but beloved, he is faithful, and faithfulness is the girdle of his reins. Faithfulness, the girdle of his reins. Think of this, our great Savior, our great Lord, our great Redeemer, He was sent of God. What was he sent of God to do? To redeem his people from their sins. The Father appointed him to do this. And he was sent of God. He was sent of God to be the king and head of the church, and he is. He was sent to save his people from their sins, and he did it. He's ever faithful, beloved. He's ever faithful. He's the faithful prophet. And our Lord declared God's mind and will, didn't he? Didn't The Lord Jesus Christ, think of this, is the one faithful high priest of God's people. He's the one faithful high priest. He is the faithful one. He's full of mercy and grace. Full. And note the word faithfulness in this text. It means truth, faithfulness. Truth and faithfulness. It's used to describe God's character. Turn, if you would, to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 4. Oh, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 32. I'm sorry, I got to 34 and that was the wrong verse. 32, verse 4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. 
a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. Now let's turn to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. <coughs> now there where it said truth is the same word. This is the same Hebrew word for faithfulness in Isaiah 11. Now we we'll see in Psalms 34, the word faithfulness that was in Isaiah 11 again is translated truth. Psalm 30, or 33, I'm sorry, I'm all over the board today. 33, Psalm 33, verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Same, same Hebrew word for faithfulness in Isaiah 11, verse 5, which again is translated truth. Then let's go to Psalm 100, verse 5. So, so think of this too in light as we read these. It says truth, but it's also speaking of God's faithfulness. He's faithful to his people. He's ever faithful. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Why does his truth endure to all generations? Because God's faithful. Same Hebrew word that was translated faithfulness in Hebrews 11 is there translated truth. And then now go to Psalm 119, verses 90 and 91. <clears throat> And we see here, we see as we look at all these things, there we saw his truth endureth for all generations. So we see again the faithfulness of God at work. And we know this is true for God's people because even in our generation, his truth endureth right now, doesn't it? Right now. Look at Psalm 119, verses 90 and 91. <clears throat> Thy faithfulness is to all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. They continue this day to thine ordinance, for all are thy servants. Now I want us to look there at verse 19. It says, for all are thy servants. Ponder then the unchanging faithfulness of God, and marvel how that everything about our God is great, vast, and incomparable. He is ever faithful. Ever faithful. Look at there, it says in 19... Verse 90, thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Now think, we in our generation are a chosen generation, right? Each one of us has been chosen out of our generation. Think of how true that verse just comes alive right there. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. God has a people in every generation, doesn't he? He does. He does. And beloved, when that last sheep is saved, it's all over. It's all over. It's all over. Oh, thy faithfulness is unto all generations. And the believer in our generation right now says, praise God that he's faithful. Praise God that he's faithful to all generations. Praise God that he has a people. That he has a people. Oh my. That he chose us because we surely wouldn't have chosen him. And our great God never fails, beloved. He never fails. Turn if you would to Numbers 23. Numbers 23. He never fails. He never falters. All that he has promised shall come to pass. All that he's promised shall come to pass. And then put your finger in Lamentations 3. We'll go over there after this. Numbers. Numbers chapter 23. 
Numbers 23, and then Lamentations. Numbers 23, verse 19, and then we'll go to Lamentations, chapter 3. Our God never fails. He never falters. He has promised what he has promised shall come to pass, beloved. Look at this in Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Shall God not do what he said he'll do? Absolutely, he will, won't he? He will. Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God will do what he said he's going to do. He sent the Lord Jesus Christ into this world to do what? To save the people from their sins, right? And the Lord Jesus Christ did it. Did it. Our God is ever faithful. Now turn to Lamentations. With that in our minds, turn to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. We'll read verses 22 to 24. This is such a precious portion of Scripture here. Look at this. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. If we got what we deserved, we'd be consumed. If we got what we deserved, the wrath of God would fall upon us. And that's true for every human being on this earth. Because we're all sinners, right? Look at this. Though. It, is, it is the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. God has had mercy. And we're, what are we called in Scripture in the New Testament? What are believers called? Vessels of mercy, right? Vessels of mercy, right? It is the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Because his what? Compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Look at this. Great is thy faithfulness. God's faithfulness is great, beloved. It's so great. It's so great. And then look, it says, they are new every morning. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. We hope in our great God who is ever, ever faithful. And his faithfulness is great. It's great, beloved. <coughs> and the same Hebrew word is used here as was used in 11.5 there, which, where it says, great is thy faithfulness, which again means truth and faithfulness. Same Hebrew word. Same Hebrew word. And note the attribute of God's faithfulness. It's brought forth here before us, which is another way on why God's people are not consumed, because he's faithful to his promise, isn't he? He said he'd save a people from their sins, and he's done it. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, and he is ever faithful. He will bring every single one of his sheep to Christ. Every one will come. Not one will be lost. Not one will be lost. We're going to look at this morning, in, in, in Sunday morning, that our Lord is the master over all. He's the master of the universe. He's master over all. Therefore, no one can thwart him, because he's ever faithful his people. And God is ever faithful to his people in Christ. In Christ. Let us always remember that. Let us always remember that. And so it's due to we're not consumed because of God's faithfulness. Think upon this. God is faithful to himself. He cannot deny himself. He's faithful to his counsels and his purposes which surely shall be, will be accomplished. All that he's promised shall come to pass. Shall be fulfilled. The Son is the surety and Savior of His people. The mercy and grace of God comes to we who are His people through, in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because God is faithful to His Word. 
because God is faithful to his word. He said this in Jeremiah. Think of this. Think of the faithfulness of God in, in light of this. And they, sh- they shall be my people. And I will be their God. Think of that. The reason we believe is because God said they shall be my people. And I'll be their God. It's all due to him. It's all due to his faithfulness. It's all due to him. We give him all the glory. And the scriptures are full of illustrations of the faithfulness of God. Turn, if you would, to Genesis chapter 8. They're full of, full of illustrations. We'll just look at a couple of our God. Over 4,000 years ago, this was said in Genesis chapter 8. Well, the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Look at this. Well, the earth remaineth seed time and harvest, cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. (laughs) Look at that. In every year, every year that comes, we have a fresh witness to God's faithfulness, don't we? Every year that comes, we have a fresh witness to God's faithfulness concerning this promise right here. Well, the earth remains seed time, harvest, cold, heat, summer, and winter, day and in night shall not cease. Isn't that amazing, beloved? We, we, live, we live in this world and we don't even realize that every year we, have, we, have the, we see the faithfulness of God with this verse come to light every single year. Every single year, beloved. Hawker says this. He brings forth that when he comments on this verse, how hath time through a period of near 4,000 years stamped the truth of this over all the earth? It's true. It's been stamped, hasn't it? The faithfulness of God. Now turn to Genesis 15. And Jehovah declares unto Abraham in this verse, look at this, and he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs. Genesis 15, 13. And shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Now turn to Exodus chapter 12. Now think of this. Time ran its course. Abraham's Descendants groaned amid the the brick kilns of Egypt, as one commentator said. Now I ask you this. Had God forgotten his promise that he made to Abraham while they were in Egypt? No. No, beloved God. He's ever faithful to his promise. Look at this in Exodus chapter 12. We'll read verses 40 and 41. Now the sojourner of the children of Israel who dwelt in, in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years, even the selfsame day, it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt just as God promised. He's ever faithful, beloved. He's ever faithful to his people. (coughs) Turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 4. Now we know God is always faithful to what he's promised. Centuries past, beloved of God, centuries past, 
There was a promise of a Messiah in centuries past. And look what it says in Galatians chapter 4, verses 5 about this. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son. His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. To what? To redeem them that were under the law. That's us. That's us. That we might receive the adoption of sons. But think of God's faithfulness in light of this. But when the faithfulness of time was come. Or, but when the fullness of time was come. So when, when that time had come which God had ordained, because He's a faithful God, when the fullness of time had come, the Lord Jesus Christ entered into this world. All according to the faithfulness of God. Hebrews 10.23, turn there if you would quick. We'll just read the latter part of this verse. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. (laughs) Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Look at this. For he is faithful, that promised. Those are words right there to write to your heart, beloved. For he is faithful, that promised. For he is faithful that promised. Let these ring forth, beloved, in our souls. And think of what we've looked at. And then think of even in our own lives. Think of even in our own lives as believers, as God's blood-bought people. Has this not been proved out to us? That he is faithful that promised. Our God is faithful. God the Father is faithful. God the Son is faithful. And God the Spirit is faithful. God the Father in promising is a promising God and is known to be so by His people. We have tasted that the Lord is gracious, haven't we, in our lives. We've seen His faithfulness at work in our lives, we who are His people. And let us never forget that the precious promises of God are exceedingly great and precious. And they flow from the free grace of our great God. They flow from His mercy. And they are unconditional. They're not based upon anything we do. They are unconditional. They're irrevocable. They're irrevocable. They're immutable. And they are suited to the cause of His people. They're suited to the cause of His people. And every one of them are fulfilled in Christ. Because he's the yea and the amen of all the promises of God. He's the yea and the amen. Our God will support his people through all our troubles. Has he not done so for that in our lives? As we look back, has he not done that already for us? He he will continue to do it. Why? Because he's faithful. Because he's faithful. All the trials that have come our way, he's carried us through them. It's not by our own strength, no matter what we think. He's the one who's carried us through them. All of them. Why? Because he loves us with an everlasting love. And he is faithful to those he loves. He's ever faithful. The promise of eternal life was purposed and planned of God in eternity. 
and it was put into Christ's hands before the world began, and it's declared in the gospel. And our great God is faithful to all his promises, beloved. He cannot fail. He cannot fail. We fail all the time. He cannot fail. He cannot fail. He's the all-wise and foreknowing one. He knows everything that's going to come to pass, and he never changes his mind, beloved. He never forgets his word. He never forgets his promises to his people. And he has the power to perform all that he says that he will do. Again, we sometimes want to do things, but we don't have the power or the ability to do things. That's not so with God. Oh, my. He is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 1. He alone then may be safely relied upon. Let it be known that no one has ever trusted God in vain. No one has ever trusted God in vain. He is ever faithful to his people. And think of how the faithfulness of God was on display in the salvation of God's people in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of that. Think of how the the faithfulness of God was on display in our redemption. (coughs) First, God sent his son just as he promised. (coughs) Look at this in Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 and 23. He promised the Messiah and he sent him. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted is God with us. So God promises, and it comes to pass, because he's faithful. And then think of this. Our salvation is through Christ and Christ alone that we have everlasting life. Turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And then put your finger in 1 Thessalonians. We'll go there next. Oh, our God is ever faithful in our salvation. And the faithfulness of God is displayed in our salvation which we have in Christ. Because it's through Christ alone that we have everlasting life. Look at John chapter 3 verses 14 to 17. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Again, we see the faithfulness of God on display when Christ died to make atonement for our sins. Turn, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We see the faithfulness of God on display when Christ died to make atonement for the sins of his people. Those whom God gave to Christ in eternity. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 to 11. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. That's a wonderful portion of scripture there. Praise be to God. But to obtain salvation, how? By our Lord Jesus Christ. Note it doesn't say by our works. It says by the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation's only in and through Christ and Christ alone. We, we are just receivers of this grace. We are receivers of this mercy. What? 
who died for us, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as, as you do, as you do. So God's faithfulness was displayed in Christ making atonement for the sins of his people. Turn, if you would, to Micah chapter 7. God promised to remove the sins of his people. To remove the sins of his people. To subdue the iniquities of his people. And to cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Which means to remember them no more. That's what it means. To remember them all. Micah chapter 7 verses 18 and 19. And then put your finger in Romans chapter 11. And oh, what God has promised we'll see comes to pass. Why? Because God's faithful. He's faithful to his people. He's ever faithful. Micah chapter 7 verses 18 and 19. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? Oh, what a great God. He pardons the iniquity of his people. Who is a God like unto There's no God like our God. There's no God like our God. That pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. Notice there he doesn't retain his anger. Why? Because it's been appeased in Christ. It's been poured out upon Christ as the substitute of his people. And he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Now turn to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11, if you would. Romans chapter 11. We'll read verses 25 to 27. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part has happened to, the, to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be, be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved. That's all the elect. That's not national Israel. That's all the elect. That's all God's chosen people. They called the Israel of God. And they'll all be saved. There won't be one missing. Not one. Not one. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer. That's Christ. And shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Remember Micah? I won't remember them anymore. There it is. God's faithful, beloved. He's faithful. He's ever, ever faithful. Our great God ordained that the Lord Jesus Christ would be the author of eternal salvation for his people. And it came to pass. In Hebrews chapter 5, it says this, So Christ also glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he said unto them, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. But he said unto him, Today have I begotten thee. And As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. 
in being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. And why did he do that? Because God had promised it to be so. God had promised to deliver, hadn't he? And Christ is the great deliverer of his people. He is the author and the finisher of our salvation. Now the faithfulness of God is all through the scriptures, beloved. All through the scriptures. I'm out of time. All through the scriptures. He's, what he's promised shall come to pass. What he's promised shall come to pass. Let we who believe, let we who believe rest in the faithfulness of our great God and King. He's wonderful. He's absolute. There was more, but it'll be for another time. He's, he's, just, just take home that he's ever, ever faithful. He always fulfills that which he's promised to do. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for your goodness and mercy and grace and your faithfulness to your people. Lord, sometimes we confess we can be unfaithful, but you are ever, ever faithful, Lord. Ever faithful. Oh, we love thee. We praise thee. We thank thee for thy goodness, thy mercy, and thy grace, which is continuously poured out upon us. We see your mercy every day, O oh Lord. It's new, new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We love you because you first loved us, and we pray in Jesus' name.